I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For over 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store in Charlotte, North Carolina. On this podcast, we unlock the stories of people's lives through the stories of what they wore. These aren't conversations about fashion. These are conversations about people. Everybody wants to know her Mira Makati is known for her colorful designs with cartoon-like embroidery and positive affirmations. She's also the co-owner of the internationally renowned specialty store Plum in Beirut. What I found most inspiring about Mira is her ability to maintain such a bright inner world despite being raised in the midst of a civil war. She truly embodies every bit of her sunny collection, and I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. Is this the first time you've been in the South? I mean, I've been just half a day to uh, Raleigh on a cottage tour, but it was very different. It's the first time in Charlotte. Yeah. And what did and you came to dinner last night with us? What were your impressions? I mean, I was like on a cloud, really, like <laughs> texting pictures to my parents, to my husband, to the kids saying it's just like heaven. And it's funny because it turned out that my brother used to come all the time to Charlotte. Oh, really? He was living in New Orleans. And he's like, yeah, I know it's a very charming <laughs> place and it's really nice and what did you what were your thoughts about the way people dressed as compared to london or well it's like everyone has his personality yeah and everyone was like colorful or like dressed in a very personal way versus i'm used to like seeing ladies dressed up always the same in london it's like you feel it's five six brands that everyone (laughs) wears and in new york it's the same like you feel everyone is wearing black yeah. but like i don't know here you felt that each person had her own personality and it's really like inspiring to see that yeah and everybody mm. wears color and yeah and i mean ev- everyone looked really good <laughs> thank like you the hair is perfect the <laughs> oh colors yeah is, is they turned it out here really <laughs> like um, it's it's impressive i think that women in the south are not afraid to be noticed yeah. And not afraid to be beautiful. And I think mm-hmm. that that's oddly unusual. Now, you're from Beirut. You grew yeah. up in Beirut. And I would think women there are, they're some of the most beautiful women in the world. I mean, I would think I mean, they're okay with being beautiful there. They, yeah, <laughs> they are. I mean, it's like very, they live to be beautiful and take care of themselves. So yes. It's really nice. And they do like colors. I think it has to do with maybe the Mediterranean or like the sun or something. Yeah. But here, I must say, like, I felt people were daring um, Yeah. at all ages. It's not like people were one more conservative than the other. No, everyone was like, has had her own personality in the way they would dress. Everyone looked great, really. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's like, a great compliment. You were born in Beirut and yeah. left during the war. So, yeah, I left. I was six years old. Oh, wow. Okay. And grew up in Paris. So yeah. I studied there, lived there most of my childhood, like from six to till I was like 23 years old. Uh-huh. Your parents' house was there. So did you go back and visit? Yeah, I always go back and visit. But like since then, they moved. I, when I'm there, I stay with my husband and the kids. My husband's right. there very often. He's Lebanese also. He's Lebanese as well. Yeah. yeah, so I grew up in Paris, met my husband in Italy. He was living in New York. I was living in Paris, so <laughs> we were commuting all the time. 
then ended up in London for a couple of years, then went to Beirut for five years. Ah. And what was that uh, like going back? It was not the easiest, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. It's very small and everyone knows everyone, sure. which is which could be great, but which could be also like more limiting in yeah. terms of like... <laughs> I live in my hometown, so I understand. Yeah, you understand, <laughs> yeah. So it was like... Plus, security-wise, it wasn't great. Right. I just missed like the culture, museums. Yeah. Uh, you can't like walk in the street with a pram, for instance, because the, no one stops at the red light. So it's quite particular. Oh <laughs> it's like you go out and you know, you don't know if you're going to come back. So <laughs> it's like very much of a survivor. Do you remember so, Do you remember the transition like when you were six when you left? And was it was it very different then than when you came back as a, in your 20s? I think when like when I was six, my whole life was the school and my friends. So yeah. you don't really look at anything the traffic else. And yeah, the, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> You have no sense of danger or but anything. But the danger wasn't as prevalent then. I mean, I just I guess it was because you left during the, yeah, the war. Yeah, because the war, yeah. <laughs> I just remember war and like right. uh, hiding under underground. I mean, like weird souvenirs. <laughs> so, do you remember being afraid? Yeah, I do. Like, it's very funny, but I'm I'm scared of thunderstorms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fireworks, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it's things that like, um, but it's really funny because I, f I feel it wasn't like the, it was a sad, time maybe in, yeah. in my life but I like it's as if I block it and right. I never think of the sad days I only think of like the great days yeah. the great weather the amazing sea, food amazing food beautiful yeah uh, family so yeah. it's like my brain kicks out everything that's that was negative well I can see that in <laughs> yes. your in your in your clothing <laughs> it's true yeah your father was in politics he was a politician my um, grandfather grandfather and my Father-in-law. My father was a politician, and mm -hmm. I have total <laughs> post-traumatic stress disorder from <laughs> politics in general. I'm the same. I'm just like, I can't understand maybe the... For me, like, like we're here for a short period of time, and we have to make the best out of it. Yeah. And I feel that in politics, sometimes you, like, fight over, like, things that are not important. At the same time, maybe some people, like, I, I know... They feel they could make a difference. Yeah. So I really admire that. But I, I escape from all this world and prefer like the artistic and more dreamy side <laughs> and of you the live world. It. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me about your first fashion memory or your first indication um, of style, I guess. So I was in Rome with my mom, like the woman here, I guess. Like she's very glamorous. She's very glamorous. Yeah. Even today, like she dressing up is something very important in her in her everyday. Yeah, yeah, she's Lebanese, but she's like, doesn't look like me. She's very, very blonde, huge, big eyes, uh, green. Like she could be French more than Lebanese. Right. And she lives in Paris. And she lives between Paris and Lebanon. Okay. So basically we were in Rome and I remember always going to this lady called Marta. It's very funny, but I still remember her name from ages ago. <laughs> and Marta would give mom like a bag of knit sweaters uh -huh. in the middle of the piazza. And then we go back to the hotel and she'd be like picking which one she wants to pick and I was very intrigued saying like but who's this girl and why are those sweaters with you and what are you doing because she would ask me which one I like more or uh -huh. and then she explained she's like you know she does she's a fashion designer she does she does those sweaters and I was like oh that's what I want to be when I'm when and how I old do you think old. you were I was six. Oh wow 
And it's f funny because I neither wanted to be a singer nor an actress nor a teacher <laughs> nor anything that my friends would want to be. For me, that was it. Like at six years old, I even have a drawing of like a planet. Actually, it was during like bombings and things like that. I remember we were sitting in the hallway yeah. and I had like a secret little book. And I had like the um, a planet and I'm like, when I'm old, I'll become a fashion designer. That's incredible. So it's really funny that like I still remember it's amazing. the way the book looked, uh, Do the you still drawing. Have it? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if my mom kept <laughs> mother, it somewhere, yeah. but I haven't seen it in years. Oh. I was 16 years old, finished, did high school, so finished quite early. And my dad was like, you have to go to a business school or like, do something more serious and then you do whatever you want and for me I'm like no I have not one minute to lose I really have to yeah go to a fashion school very very soon and it was like a whole drama at home because <laughs> for him like fashion wasn't something serious yeah, but my mom backed me up <laughs> a lot and so I did end up like being the youngest student at um, college uh, and where did you studying go in fashion so I was in Paris and I went to a school called Esmod. While I was still at school, I would go to Parsons. We had like a Saturday uh, classes. So I would go to Parsons classes on Saturdays and to school on the weekdays. So I was very determined. Yeah. So when and I, what were you designing then? What, was it similar to um, what you do now? Not really, to be <laughs> honest with you. When I first started, it was more evening. Uh -huh. And then it became very manly. So it was like huh. always like... Man suits, very inspired from man. In the 90s it was? or yeah, yeah, in the 90s. And all of a sudden, it's just like everything changed. And I remember like the first collection that I designed for my own, it was all around the games. So like I had a cardigan with like the Monopoly <laughs> <laughs> all around it. So that was like, I, I had just started and I just made like an agreement with the knitwear factory. And they were super supportive because I didn't have to pay them for the samples. My first collection, even if it was 100 years ago, yeah. is very similar to what I do now. Yeah. It's like <laughs> as if I found myself. And in between, it wasn't as much. You sort no, of veered I, to a different direction and then came back. Yeah. yeah. I tried, like, for instance, That's so at funny. the fashion school, my specialization was couture. Yeah. I didn't used to like to cut patterns on papers. I used to like to do everything on, on the, the mannequin. Yeah. So that's why I did like Specialisation Couture. It was like, I hesitated between men and couture, which are like two different worlds. But, <laughs> but I they still aren't see... in a way, you know, they're both very detailed, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I still see things like, f for instance, many of the ships are very androgynous, like yeah. the coats are very manly, as if you've like took them from your dad or your grandpa's yeah. closet. Ideal for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. have a men's store and I'm, I think uh, I'm their best client. <laughs> oh, wow, really? <laughs> I just love, yeah, I don't I'm, know, I'm, there's something, it, there, it's so, they're so comfortable, but they're also, mm, they're so relaxed. And, and cool, I think, yeah. as well. And so, they fit really well. It's funny, but every time I'm like recruiting a designer or, and I go to like a headhunter, and when they ask me, what brands do you like? Mm -hmm. It's always like menswear. Yeah. <laughs> and then one lady, I remember once saying, it's it's impossible to take a menswear designer and put him in, in a woman's uh, world because then you will struggle a lot with shapes. With And I'm like, no, but that's exactly what that's I love. That's exactly what you want, yeah. <laughs> so, and that is how you dress. Yeah, I mean, it's still, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, so I think, yeah, even if it wasn't as it is today, the fact of having like a man menswear background they even did like a internship at Chiruti for instance right so it's like very man uh, world and like at Dior so 
yeah, two different worlds that have not that much to do one with the other. But then that's what I kept from for my line. Like I would have attention to details. Even if it's the lining, it has to be pretty. Even if you don't see something, it has to still be nice. The inside should be as nice as the outside. So yeah. maybe that's like the couture specialization yeah. and the man for the shapes. But like I think the playfulness came when I first started. So I did that Monopoly collection, sold it like at home to friends <laughs> and friends of friends and took the money that I made when I when I sold that collection to make another collection. So yeah. my, my dad was really impressed because he was so stubborn in his way of like, no, you have to do a business <laughs> school and all that. that and I how had old to were do you, everything. like 20? I started school, I was 16, 19. Oh, wow. It was three years, so I was like, yeah. After Monopoly, what did you do? So after Monopoly, I did like two collections very similar to the Monopoly. And also, where did you sell them? Did you just sell them to friends, you said? or you So sold the first the one, it was just like to friends. Okay. And in Paris. In Paris. And with the money that I made in that sale, which was like really good, yeah. <laughs> I was able to make a collection that wasn't only knitwear. So the knitwear stayed. So I would still work with that factory that supported I me. was going to say, it would have been amazing <laughs> if you had your mother's Roman knitwear designer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> my God. It's, it's funny, but like I never <laughs> saw her back, but... I still see her best friend and I always tell her, please tell her that I owe her everything. (laughs) She doesn't know me. She's seen me when I was six. And then you became a designer from it. Yes. uh, (laughs) Sometimes like you feel the universe calls you for something. Absolutely. And and you have to follow it, I think. (laughs) Uh, So I was still in Paris, designed maybe a couple of collections that I remember selling to Nata Partey when they first started. So it was like Nathalie Massenet and in Paris in like a showroom <laughs> not even in a, like a trade show in Tranoi yeah okay, like exactly yeah. and she came with like a white uh, booklet and I'm like my sister was helping me and she's much more like the business <laughs> person and I'm much more the dreamer <laughs> so she's like can I take some of your things on consignment because I'm just start- starting something online and there was nothing called online so right. I was like <laughs> everything was really new and she looked so like she was so pretty the file the presentation everything was so gorgeous and I fell in love with the name I'm like mm-hmm. Nata Partey is like so amazing so smart so I, I was like okay I'll do everything on consignment my sister was freaking out she's like where would <laughs> we bring the money from how can we <laughs> produce something what if it doesn't sell I'm like we'll always sell it to friends we'll just manage it's just amazing so that was like maybe the second collection and it's funny because until now I would I would have thought that she would forget. And every time she sees me, she's like, I have to thank you. Because You're the it's, first, right? It's like people like you that believed in the project. Yeah. Otherwise, I could have never made it. Oh, Which is really chills, humble actually. of, yeah. really like, you would think that she became so huge that she would not never remember. And she always like goes back and I agree. is I've, very thankful. I, I've always found her that way. She always remembers my name. She always speaks. I mean, she's, mm. a, she's a lovely woman. And really? I think that's, I do think that's why she's so successful. Yeah. Know? No, I, I, she never like, she, she kept her humbleness all, all through the years. And it's really great, like a great inspiration. Agreed. So then I stopped after designing and doing all that. <laughs> had to move to Lebanon and since I was doing everything out of Paris I'm like and I was a one-man show that would like be the accountant the production manager the PR and I would like change my voice to call people so (laughs) (laughs) I would seem more more like if I if it's accounts (laughs) I had to like I couldn't be the designer to call and say please guys you haven't uh, settled your invoices so I had to be (laughs) different people so I'm like okay I'm a one-man show 
I'm moving to Lebanon. How can I even run the, the business out of there? It's not really like a country that's strong in production and factories right. and all that. I guess, except if you're doing like wedding dresses and things like right. that, which wasn't at all what right. I was looking at. Yeah, so, Eli has a great business. Yeah. Sewing. Yeah. So basically, I'm like, I'd rather stop rather than doing something halfway. I'm quite a perfectionist. So, so I'm like, it's sad, but it's not going to work out of Beirut. So I just stopped it. And my husband was like, I met my husband. I was 16. Uh-huh. He was living... Actually, we were both living in Paris at some point, but we never met uh-huh. and then met in Italy. So it was really funny. <laughs> he was my best friend. So Aww. so he would always be with me like doing, I don't know, uh, working all all day long, all night long on projects. <laughs> and he would be helping me to cut patterns and <laughs> cut things. So he's like, you can't stop. I mean, like you've done all this. You, you fought so much at school yeah. and all that. How can you stop your line? I'm like, it's not the right timing. I can't do it out of Lebanon. If it's meant to be, it will come back. And so basically, I stopped that collection and opened the store in Lebanon. Yeah. That's when Club like Plum. I was... Plum, exactly. I was Which like is first. known as one of the best stores in the world. Yeah, I mean, I hope. I don't know it about is. the world, but <laughs> it's it like in Lebanon, it's quite nice. <laughs> and what that was a totally different thing. That was a totally different thing, but I think it's 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 like it's very helpful because you yeah. see things from all angles. Yeah. So now I see like what the client wants, mm-hmm. what's the offering in the in Showroom, the markets, yeah. and what price point seems to have uh, like uh, be attractive to people. What people ask, like it's. When I designed before having the store, it was like just like the dream, right? Uh, which is always great, right. and I, I think I. <laughs> still like like the dream and but I wouldn't design like a hundred pieces that are all about the dream because I'm like if no one can wear it because it's just great on a lookbook or right. on <laughs> on a 16 year old Eastern exactly. European model <laughs> yeah that's like it's, it's not gonna uh, so basically yeah it was very helpful to to see it to be from both sides and it's even like the treat, like when you would go as a buyer, everybody's so nice to you. It's like a totally different thing. And yeah. from the other side, Absolutely, like, yeah. I hope she will buy. I hope he will pick <laughs> the line. Did we receive the order confirmation? So it's really like very so different. But I think I, I really miss the creativity. And it started really because like when I would be doing the buying, I would always be attracted to, to like colors and playfulness. And I'm like, but why? Why does there it exist? Yeah, why why isn't like one place where I could go and find all these like things that I love? So it was very clear to me what I would be designing. I just thought it has to look like me because then it it becomes very natural and I don't have right. to think every collection. Okay, now what do we do? Right, you don't it's have to try like, if it's no, just really you. It yeah. comes really naturally, <laughs> so it's like you really can make the dream. And at the same time, I always have the customer in my in my head. Yeah, like. No, when when we sold when we did that, it was great in the window, but it never sold. Right. And do you have a partner in both businesses? So I have I have a partner in Plum. Right. So she was like a very good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and when I moved to Lebanon, we were like pregnant together, <laughs> and frustrated together because <laughs> we're like all the big brands existed, so you you could go to Beirut and buy Prada, Gucci, Chloe, but like even big brands, but not those very big brands didn't exist so like we're like I can't believe there isn't one single store that has Marnie Marc Jacobs back in the days Alaya Louboutin you know it was like I'm like it's there's so much to to do 
and so it it was like a store f- with everything that we dreamt like having in Beirut and that we didn't have so it was curated by me and Raya my partner yeah. from like pretty wrapping paper to nice stationery mm-hmm. things that are very basic but that wouldn't exist in Lebanon like a juice bar with like cold pressed juices books back then like you could go and like listen to music and buy CDs uh-huh. no, not that anyone would buy a <laughs> CD but it's really like everything that we would dream of to put it in that store yeah and it was like a smaller store then it wouldn't fit all our ideas so we had to move <laughs> to a bigger store and the bigger store became even bigger and now we're like okay my god we it became way too big what have we done is it just women it's just women okay. we we tried kids because at the very beginning that's what we wanted to do we like let's children. have a kids store and right. then kids were like was like 10% and women was like 90% we stopped the kids were because we felt everyone would just like if if someone receives a gift for uh, i don't know a pregnant woman gave uh-huh. birth gets a gift from plum then she would exchange it for something for herself <laughs> for the <laughs> so, women section oh yes. my god that's so funny <laughs> so i'm like okay we that's only so sell funny. the kids when it's on sale <laughs> so slowly we started like reducing from 12 brands to 5 4 3 and then and then, and then done <laughs> yeah now it's really like if i'm at acne for instance yeah. and i see that they have cute little sweaters i would just like buy them and put them in between women uh-huh. so it's like more uh, love at first sight right, thing right. rather than a, a business and menswear i think it was too early when we tried menswear because men were it. intimidated and even to go like into a women's into store a women's it was store, like yeah. weird yeah no we we separated ours because of that because yeah. i felt that no, too i think it makes total sense yeah. even like i remember someone saying like at lanva yeah. like psychologically speaking if they have both uh, like women and men they would put the man at the door so when you go in it's always men's wear uh-huh. because they're intimidated to see like a gown or a right. dress or something and yeah. then you put the women it's so funny because in december the women's store transforms completely because it's mostly men Uh-huh. And so it's we have 11 <laughs> months of all women in the store come in, in just in this safe place, you know. And then December it's men and it's such a different atmosphere, more stressful frankly, yeah. and they're you know because they're they're impatient and they they don't, they don't have, feel they, great, they feel comfortable yeah. here. And then once the 26th of December comes, uh, it goes back to normal. <laughs> and it's all it's, women again. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Probably maybe because men also are like they wouldn't spend that much time thinking of what they want to wear. Right. It would be oh okay th- those shirts work well so they would buy right. 20 of those shirts for the 20 exactly. coming years. Well and also they can't they shop what like twice a year whereas women yeah. we have women that come in every day. It's because true. the inventory changes every day. I'm just like amazed by all the choices that you have and like <laughs> how everything is handpicked. <laughs> well you like, do the same thing. Yeah, but still it's it's different when you come and you see like the environment and the world of I mean like your world then I feel like I know you even better. Yeah. And Mira, do you have a partner in that? No. Just you and just me, yeah. Wow. So how do you how do you manage that? In the past it was just me the whole time and now I'm like sometimes I go in I'm like, "Oh my god, I mean this is like this is my studio and <laughs> like we're we're a huge family now." Yeah. So we're 12 people now. Okay. Like it's been, it will be four years this summer. So when I started, it was just me and one person. 
And then we became three for like a while and then three to six. And then all of a sudden, like in one year, we doubled. Do you think about your dad wanting you to go to business school sometimes and think, no, you know, I, mean, I would have, I would have really, I could have used that right now. Because um, <laughs> I, I do. I you do. <laughs> I mean, I'm an art major. So I think a lot of times I'm like, dang it. I wish I'd gone to business school because I don't know just... how to manage this sometimes. I don't know why, but I think it's also a character. Yeah. Like everything that has to do with numbers, for example. I know I could do it and I know I could look at the numbers and I know that, but it's just like blocks me out and it like freaks me out. <laughs> it depresses so you. It depresses me and I always send the things to my husband. I'm like, please, can you check what's going wrong, for example? And he's like, you can't run a business and not look at the money side. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, it's Mira. The, it's what I hate the most. But I don't know if I had gone to a business school, if it would have made any changes or if like, my brain blocks when it's everything that has to do with the <laughs> non-dream. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, because I think that once you get to the real business of things, the real business for me at, at this point is managing people, really. It's and and so what I love, I love the buying part. I mean, that, mm. that part's the natural, easy part for me that I don't have to try. I mean, that just comes mm -hmm. so naturally. And so when I do that, I'm so in the zone and just like in, mm. in dreamy, you know, space world space. like you are. Yeah. And then, then I come back and, you know, you have to deal with the reality of managing people. Mm. It's hard. It's really challenging. I think we're very similar. Maybe it's the we're Pisces. We're both Pisces, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> when so you're too. talking, I'm like, oh my God, it's as if... <laughs> and I think when, when you first start, you don't realize all what comes with having the store. You would think like, uh, for me, I was like, wow. I mean, I would be like, in all the places buying what I'm frustrated because I don't find and all that. And then you don't realize that there's the VM, there's like the windows, there's the uh, merchandising, the, the back office, customs, customs all, exactly. the, all the things, lost packages. But which is great, I think, because if you think too much, then you don't do anything. Right. So it's nice that when you start, you don't have an idea of all what you're going to go through and then <laughs> You're there and you're like, okay, I have to deal with it. But I, that's what I find the hardest, I think, uh, managing the team. Yeah. I think also it's the character and I'm a bit too nice. So like <laughs> it would be, can I work from home? And for me, everyone could work from home every sure. day. And then I would come to, to work and there would be no one, you know. <laughs> so, but like it's nice because we're like one big family. So you don't feel like people would take advantage if someone really has to yeah. not show up. I, I like I have a hard time to, to be like uh, stern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what's next for Mira Makati for the brand. <laughs> so I think also because like being from both sides of the business, I'm always very protective over the brand. Yeah. So um, I'm scared to sell it a lot. Yeah. So like every time the sales manager like Charlotte I comes and yeah. is like, there's this store in London that's really pretty. And I'm like, no, 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 we can't sell in London anymore. And she'd be like, Mira, how can you grow? Or like, I don't know, a department store in New York that is yeah. interested in the brand. And I'm like, no way, no way, no way. I just feel that if it's too available, yeah. it loses something. And I think because I've seen it in like brands that we have in a small country. like yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's probably from your plum experience, yeah. understanding that, isn't it? That's I see like brands that were doing amazing but then you see them everywhere on everyone and all of a sudden no one Over. wants them anymore yeah. it's like oversaturated so that's why like i i still believe in like secret destinations and not available everywhere so i know it's like not the easiest way like commercially speaking <laughs> right. to grow a brand but i 
like for me it's much more about the experience so now like I'm working on a on a pop-up shop in London mm-hmm. for like a month and a half so for me it's uh-huh. like a huge thing because yeah. usually I do pop-ups for like three days that right. was the maximum <laughs> and where where you go in the store and you're like into an experience yeah. which you understand because you have that every day in yeah. capital but like creating several pop-ups in several countries but it's al- always like the experience of the consumer going in and like uh, having him or her like travel to to the brand's world yeah. I feel that's really important and because it's all about the experience like I've never thought of doing a fashion show for example because for me it's like I can't imagine the the girls walking right. for 10 minutes wearing the clothes and then it's all over and like the music and all that. I'm always sad because two hours later they're done. And I'm like, <laughs> it was fashion week. Everybody's on the run. Everybody's busy and all that. And also like, I'm like, it's always only for like the press kind of. Yeah. And I feel like the the most the, important are the buyers, are the, are the, buyers, are the, the people that client, the yeah. clients. And so that's why I'm like, I believe in doing those experiences for a longer time. Yeah. So that's like hopefully happening and in it'll February be in, the in London. Oh, okay. And then uh, in two other cities at the same time or after London? No, one one after the other. One so after now the it's other. like okay. uh, London in February. Then I was thinking of doing something in Lebanon. Wonderful. I'm like, it's my country. Yeah. I know it's, it's not like, like I feel when I think of the brand that it's inspired by my like the Parisian girl because of my childhood so it's yeah. like I try to have it like uh, elegant and even if it's playful not to forget like nice fabric nice yeah. cuts and all that so that's maybe my French side right. of my life and then the colors I think it's Lebanon the yeah. sea the blue sky and all that and London the quirkiness so I feel that even though Lebanon is not like an inspiration that's direct. Mm-hmm. It's like where all the colors come from. So I'm like, it would be nice to do something there and like invite the press to come there and see yeah. like where I came from. Amazing. So I want to like, come. What, yeah, you're invited <laughs> before you. Before My brother loves you. Beirut. He says I've it's one of his there. favorite. Yeah, no one of his favorite cities. Wow, how come he... He is it um, the... he lives in Abu Dhabi. He was a doctor oh, in uh, yeah, Kenya. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's the sort of all over. Oh wow! But he's just an adventurer, and he loves Lebanon. Lebanon. So yeah. we have to have you whether before or after. The... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I just try to think of like things that would make me also like excited as a buyer. Yeah. London and first, Paris and after then that? and then Paris is amazing. The plan. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I know. It's especially like now. I feel. Okay, I, I love Le Bon Marché. I'm presented oh. there, and I'm very like happy to be there. But the fact that Colette closed, I feel yeah. that there was a big emptiness. I agree. So um, before I was like, I would never even think for a second to do like a pop-up or something in Paris because I'm like... Because she does it so well. Yeah, there's nothing so well. to Yeah, there's nothing to do. And she was like always so open to do things. So yeah. uh, because, I mean, not even it's not in the conversation, but I owe her like everything. because She, she was like, the first person to pick you up? She was among, like, she was the second season she picked it up, but, like, straight away she, she gave me a window. She would wear it all the wow. time. I never had to email a single store. Like, everybody was right. coming they just because of, they've seen it at Colette. That's amazing. So, so it was really hard, the end of Colette, but at the same time, I'm like, it came at the right time. It was, like, her personal choice it'll always be like a dream because when it stopped yes. it was already like exactly a big dream. it was still so and like, it was still yeah it, it never went downhill it was all, never, always yeah. amazing she didn't wait to like she's, yeah so it, 
Well, please remind but, me to uh, do that too. I don't. No, I don't, I don't think you learn. <laughs> I'll remind I you think, also. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> that's, that's great. Yes. <laughs> Mira, we do something at the end of every podcast and I'm oh. laughing at myself about it because I don't, <laughs> it shows my cultural unintelligence because I, we ask everybody what they were to the prom and I don't know if you oh. have proms in Paris, do you have proms in Paris? It's a very American thing, but it's funny that you ask that because <laughs> I would always like tell the, like my daughter, you're so lucky you're going to go to a, <laughs> a prom. A prom do they have because, them in London? So... They, I mean, I think it became like a trend. Right. So <laughs> it's like she's in the French school, so it doesn't really right. happen. But they oh, came so up with it because of... <laughs> but sadly, I never had a prom, so I never wore anything for the prom. I only would just see it on in movies, and I would think, if I had a prom, what would I have And when, worn? What, yeah. and what, what would it be? What, what is it? 16 uh, Candles? Uh, the, um, the lavender <laughs> dress? <laughs> something like, I, I would think like, yeah, something I would never forget. <laughs> Probably everyone would have thought I'm ridiculous and I would have never had a prom date because you would think that weird girl <laughs> coming to the prom. But I think I would dare anything. Like I, I would never think, oh, what would people think? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like. Were you always daring? Grow, your weird yeah, clothes always. always. Yeah. Like, and you I, have sisters? I have a sister who's my opposite. Uh-huh. She's the business side of right. like when she was helping me with the brand. And a brother who's much more similar to me, but he's like the right balance, I think. But for me, it's always like I nearly get fired from school because I would come. I was like a, <laughs> in a very strict school. I had to wear navy and white and I would I had to put like the shirt inside the trousers and I would come and put a big belt and they would send me back home. So I, I had always like troubles because of the yeah, way I would fashion dress. Troubles, yes, yes, fashion I get it. troubles. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, thank you so much. Mira. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, we uh, loved having you in Charlotte. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. What We Wore is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.